What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I am back with another edition of the PFL Preview Show as we take a look ahead to the fifth uh, PFL show of the 2023 regular season this week. The uh, as as I like to call them, it's actually kind of changed last year. But the, the heavyweight men and the heavyweight women, I like to call them because it's the heaviest division this year. Anyway, <laughs> last year it was 155. This year it's 145. But anyway, I, I and I've said this on the show before, and I've said it in other shows. I I love the women's divisions were changed. Like give us like give us like whatever it is five divisions. Give us like. You know, heavyweight, middleweight, lightweight, bantamweight, whatever it might be. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just me, but I think it'd be. Uh, imagine if the heavyweight champion of the world was Larissa Bajek or whoever it might be. Anyway, I I leave that I leave the, that to bed for another day. It's only uh, the bells and whistles as Dana White calls them. Anyway, but what we have here today is. Uh, uh, a preview for some very important fights. You know, we talked last week about obviously the uh, the rough and tumble that the PFL season has experienced so far, with all obviously the uh, the drug test failures leading to changes, leading to this, that, and the other. <laughs> you know, new matchups. Uh, you know, having to, uh, to I suppose, reshape the seasons in the way that they have done in terms of putting new people into the the tournaments and all that. It's been, it's been very, very tough. And um, you know, it's it's interesting how last week's card worked out because you still, uh, you know, had a lot of I suppose the names we know and the names you'd expect get through. Obviously, Brendan Lachnan took a, a big loss in the finale, but that, or sorry, in in the um, in the main event, but that can happen. You know, that absolutely can happen. It could happen to. Look what happened to Kayla Harrison last year in the in the finale, you know. So it can uh, it can definitely happen. That's what the tournament style is about, and I think that's honestly why people like it. But um, these two divisions aren't as affected uh, as what we had last week. Obviously, Capeloza is out, and he was to me maybe the the along with Ante Delia, I think probably the the best heavyweight they have. But there are some fun matchups coming in here and and all of that in this. So I think. PFL will be happy to get this show done and, and the one uh, coming up next week and then I, I suppose move forward into the, the playoffs and the finale because like to be fair the finale night in PFL is one of the, the best nights of the year in, in mixed martial arts and do you, know, do you know what I would love as well right <clears throat> I was watching the light heavyweights the, the last week and like Obviously, a lot of the the, the champion from last year, uh, last year uh, Thiago Santos, and a few more went out of the light heavyweight tournament after the test failures. I was kind of thinking, like, there's someone here who is a pretty unheralded light heavyweight, or someone say like a Martin Hamlet who's been around for a good few years in PFL now and hasn't been, you know, successful in terms of at the very top level. And one of them people is going to win a million quid, you know. A million dollars, they're going to win it. Like, I, I, it's hard to sniff at that. And like, what is the five or six divisions at the end of the year? Everyone coming home with a million. Uh, all of the winners. That's that's absolutely brilliant. And you know, it's it's easy to snigger at that. Like, but uh, I don't I don't think we we should be. And it's uh, it's great what the PFL are doing in terms of that. And with Bellator do their tournaments too. It's great as well. So I'm all for fighters getting paid highly, and uh, that seemingly is what the PFL are doing at the very top level anyway at the bottom level maybe it's a little bit different as it is everywhere but um, it's great that you know you'll be watching someone who's going to get that and they're fighting for that and it's it's uh, I suppose it's great it's great to have that in mixed martial arts and for uh, someone to be uh, on that trajectory um, 
So yeah, let's get into the card itself. Let's look at the standings first of all, um, and I'll just run you through what we have: the ten fighters at heavyweight uh, and uh, the uh, the ten at the women's featherweight division as well. So let's start off. Let's start off with the women's featherweight division. Um, what we have at the moment: Amanda Lybrock is leading the way. She's one and zero with six points. Uh, Marina Mokatina also one and zero with five points. Uh, then we have in third and fourth place, respectively, uh, the two Brazilians, Larissa Pacheco and Evelyn Martins, uh, both with three points, both one and zero. Just outside of the playoff places, then um, Alena Kolesnik with two points, who is also one and zero, and we have uh, the other. One, two, three, four, five fighters in, obviously, uh, are all 0 and 1. Aspen Lad, Karine, uh, Carolina Sobek, Julia Budd, uh, Yoko Higashi, and Martina Jindrova. Actually, I was watching a Martina Jindrova fight, and it was, she's from Czech Republic, I think, I think it was in the Czech Republic, and they said her name. <coughs> it wasn't Jindrova anyway. They, Yinova. <laughs> like, I'm, I cannot pronounce it like that, but Yinova, something like that. It was like completely different to, what we, what I might say, Jindrova. So you know, we take the Irish and check together. <laughs> we might get, a, we kind of might get a good pronunciation in there somewhere. Um, let's look at the heavyweight division. Uh, as I said, all but the bottom three fighters have had a fight uh, so far. We have the top three winners, uh, and from four to seven are all on one. So. Leading the way, uh, Dennis Goldsov, the former champion, uh, six points, one and zero. Number two is Maurice Green, one and zero, with five points, and then Danilo Marquez, who is also one and zero with three points. Um, the two fighters after that have also been awarded three points, though. That is Hinen Ferreira and Matias Scheffel, who are both one and zero. Jorgen Castro, uh, sorry, both one one. Jorgen Castro and Marcelo Nunes also one one with, with zero points. And then uh, Brady Ante De Leo had his fight cancelled last time. Who many, including myself, thought was probably favoured coming in. He's one as well as uh, Jordan Hitterman, who's uh, a tenth year one also. Uh, who's coming in newly, obviously, to, to the tournament here. Um, so, I suppose, starting at that main event, Ante Delia versus Maurice Green is a massive fight because Green is on five points, second place, and Ante Delia has yet to score a point. So, needs to come in here and, you know, probably get a big win. Now, I, I like to concentrate more on the fights than I do on the table and stuff because it's... It, 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 I think the PFL do a great job of explaining that on the night. It's very hard to keep it on top of in a preview or beforehand. So, but I, I'll try a little bit here, I suppose. But on the fight itself, I think I I think it's a very interesting fight because there, okay for a couple of reasons. I talked about it in my top five fights for the month that Ante Delia or or Maurice Green, or Goldsov, or whoever it might be, whoever's the winner of this million quid, not only wins a million quid, they also win the place to be, let's call it the number one contender to be Francis Ngannou's fight, right? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they'll get it, if someone was to fall out of the UFC, if someone was to appear out of uh, nowhere, or not fall out of the UFC, but their contract, let's say let's say a Tom Aspinall was out of contract, let's say a Curtis Blades was out of contract, or, uh, you know, someone like that. Could they come over and fight Francis in PFL in a big money uh, matchup or something? You, absolutely. You, you could see that. But what if that doesn't happen? <clears throat> Francis has said it. 
and others have said it as well. The person they want to look at is the champion in the heavyweight division coming up. So this is a massive time for the 10 guys I mentioned there. It's open up to every single one of them. Um, even the guys with zero points, if they get big first-round knockouts, and they're, um, uh, the other uh, results obviously go their way, they can get through and they can uh, be on that road to the million. And the... Two million that Francis has guaranteed for everyone fighting him. So really, like, and and I like that's a, a, a little bit facetious there, maybe. But if you think about it, really, if that let's say that does happen, it's not massively beyond the realms of possibility that the winner does fight Francis. It then doesn't go from uh, a, it goes from a one million dollar tournament quickly to a three million dollar tournament, you know, and that is, whew, that is a massive thing, like. Literally, if the winner of this tournament could retire after the Inganu fight, better yet, they could beat him and they could be a massive star to themselves as well. It, it, it's this tournament. This is the biggest tournament. If you t- if you really think about it like that, this is the biggest tournament the PFL had ever ha- has ever had. It's the most important tournament the PFL has ever done, and it it is filled with a lot of lads, I suppose, who maybe a lot of people don't know. Right, so maybe we could change that a little bit here in the preview, but I actually think Ante Delia is a really, really, really good fighter. I was, like I saw some people talking about him. Obviously, he won last year, and you know there was people talking about him on their shows, and they can't even pronounce his name and everything like that. And it's it's mad, like because we're we're talking about Francis going to PFL, and then you know people don't even know who's fighting in PFL, and I I, I just think it's a, a, an awful uh, crazy situation to be, but. A very, very, very good fighter. He's won his last four in a row. Uh, and won two before that uh, uh, as well. Like, he's only lost to Bruno Capeloza in all his fights since when? Since 2015. He, he, and it was Tibura he lost to back then. He took a three-year break uh, after that. And, and obviously came back and, and was in the, the PFL starting in 2019 in the regular season. And, like, since that 2019 regular season, it's been Kapaloza twice. Like, he's beaten Golsov, the guy who was very hard to beat. He's beaten Sheffield. He's beaten Hina Ferreira. You know, Sheffield a couple times. And I think he proved last year how good he is. Like, if he'd met Kapaloza again, could he have won the fight? Like, he knocked him out the first time Kapaloza. It was a decision the second time. Kapaloza obviously lost last year as well to Sheffield. As I said, if they'd met again, Kapaloza uh, was in the playoffs, but he got injured and he was out. And he ended up, you know, Sheffield obviously got to the final, ended up uh, fighting there, and he ended up uh, winning it. Did Delia? It, it, it could have really changed his trajectory. It's similar to to uh, what Pacheco did, who we'll be talking about later on. You know, obviously she lost multiple times to uh, uh, to, to the, the the former champ there, obviously uh, uh, Harrison, uh, Kale Harrison, whose name I could inexplicably not remember there for like ten seconds. Um, didn't beat her last time and just changed her whole career because of that and changed the way people talk to her, talk about her. The same could have been said for Dilly if that had happened, but I think it did anyway. From people watching that, from me who covered all the cards and you know uh, previewed them and reviewed all of them, I I think he has become one of the top heavyweights in the world, no doubt about it. Like if he was in the UFC, I think he would be uh, a top fifteen UFC heavyweight, no problem. As I think would Capelos, uh, and there's a few more guys as well who would be uh, right there or thereabouts, maybe climbing the ranks. Maybe you know. Hinan Ferreira, I think, probably would be the, 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 the most specific one, but um, I think Delia is a very, very good fighter, and they should be talking about him as that very good fighter. They should be building him up 
Possibly to be like the problem is as well. He like the, the fact he didn't get that last fight. It's it's going to take something big here. It's going to take something big to actually even qualify for the next round, and that's the problem and beauty with the the BFL, I suppose. But he's fighting Maurice Green here, who is you know not not the best heavyweight in, in the uh, in the BFL. Obviously, we we know him from a few fights in in the UFC. Uh, you know, lost to I suppose most famously to to Greg Hardy, got knocked out in the second round there. Came into the PFL um, last year, lost to Denis Golsov, fought this year as well, beat Marcelo Nunes, um, knocked him out in, in a bit of a shock, I think, to a lot of people. But that shows you what he can do, I suppose. You know, he's a very good fighter if you allow him to be a very good fighter. But when you don't allow him to be a very good fighter, he's beatable. And I, I think if you like people come here probably for my picks sometimes, uh, I will pick uh, Ante Delia as uh, my pick here because I think he is the um, I think he is the superior fighter. I think he's a better, well-rounded fighter. Um, I like if you look at the um, the betting odds, they would reflect that as well. He's minus four fifty, Maurice Green plus three hundred, and I think that basically says it all uh, about this matchup. Um, I think he's. A, better, a very good wrestler, like you, you look at him and uh, you look at the country he comes from, I suppose, Croatia, and you'll think, oh, okay, maybe he's going to be a kickboxer. But he is a kickboxer. He can kickbox, but he's a very, very good wrestler. I don't think he'll want to be standing with Maurice Green. I think he could beat him standing. And if they do stand, I would pick Delia to win that fight. But I do think he will take him down. I do think he'll beat him up on the ground. Uh, and I do think he'll win the fight uh, in, in that fashion, you know. Um... He has, uh, you know, he's got a few submissions uh, on his record, but, you know, when he does take the ads down, there's a lot of ground to pound, a lot of TKO via punches type of wins on his record as well, and that's kind of what I foresee here in uh, in this one. But as I said, this is almost, it's almost more important than this fight itself. Now, it, this is a massive fight itself because he has to, I think he has to win it in uh, spectacular, not necessarily spectacular fashion, but quick order, maybe, to, to get to the next round. But once he does that, I think, you know, BFL and everyone needs to start talking about it. And I suppose, like, it makes sense maybe to not be blowing that up right now because because of the fact he's only had one fight and he mightn't be able to get through. But when he does get through, when the, the, the four people get through, I suppose, and it's not just him, but, but he's the one I would pick out, and this is, uh, kind of. But one of the four need to be blown up as the next guy to face Francis Ngannou. But, yeah, my pick for that one is uh, definitely Ante Delia. Um, let's, uh, we, we, uh, as I always do, let's go back and forth uh, in the divisions. The, the next matchup, uh, the co-main event, Larissa Pacheco versus Amanda uh, Lybrook. The betting in that one is plus 450 for Lybrook, minus 800 for Pacheco. If you were to give uh, me a betting pick on it, I'd pick Lybrook. If you were to give me a pick on it, I'd pick Pacheco. Um, I, I think that I think that line is wide, to be honest. Um I, I do think Pacheco will win the fight. I'd probably have her at plus 300, maybe, maybe plus 250. Uh, uh, Lybrock, uh, I should say. Um, I Anyone who watched my first preview and watched the fight with Lybrock, um, I, I think would probably know that the ability she had the ability she has even at 35 years of age which is same age as myself she's shoving on a little bit was shown for the first time I suppose 
in an opportunity like this. You know, she now not to say she beat Gina Harding before in Bellator, but she lost three fights in a row uh, in Bellator. She did do a good job when she got into Invicta, but she only had one fight back in Invicta after obviously her early days lost to Megan Anderson and things like that. But she has really good ability on the feet. She's a very good striker. And when she head kicked uh Gindrova, um I wasn't one bit surprised. And I don't think many people were. Now Again, probably a little bit of an underdog coming into that fight. Uh, but I don't think it was that massive of a surprise. And would it be that massive of a surprise if she beat Pacheco here? I think to most people, yeah, it probably would be. Would it be to me? Um, it wouldn't. Honestly, it wouldn't. If I, if I decide to watch this the next morning, I wake up and I accidentally see the results and I see Lybrook win by a head kick KO or something like that, I wouldn't be that shocked, to be honest. I would not be that shocked. But I do believe in Pacheco's ability. The one thing I, I must say with Pacheco, though... And I voiced this uh, at the start of the season too. Um, and I think we saw it a little bit in her fight against Julia. But that, that was a relatively close fight. Um, the move down to 45 from 55, you would, like, logically, you would probably think, ah, well, Shani, what are you talking about? Um, you know, she basically struggled to get up to 155. She was only fighting there because of Kayla Harrison and all this. But I, I truly believe that she beat Kayla Harrison because she became a real 155er. And she spent years with the name, you know, on the dartboard or above her bed or on, you know, the face on the, the boxing bag or whatever. Kayla Harrison, and she did everything she could to get there. She got there. And look, there's there's the two sides of that. There's the mental side, but I also think the weight makes a big difference. Now she's gone back down 10 pounds when the struggle was to get up 10 pounds for years. She did that. She was successful at it. And then she used to turn around and kind of do the opposite. Now, maybe I'm blown out of proportion, right? Maybe, and maybe that one fight will send her. Maybe she'll be better this time. But I still think it might be a bit of a slight issue coming in here. Look, um, if you were to ask me to break down this fight and how I think it will go... Um, I think Pacheco will strike her for a while. I think Lybrook will cause her problems. I think Pacheco then will try to take her down. Or conversely, will try to give her um, very little room. Very little room. We, we talked about, look, look at um, Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush last week type of thing. Just not, maybe not as madly going forward as that, but don't give her room. Don't, like, she's at best when she has the ability to jab as Lybrook, the ability to head kick, the ability to leg kick. Don't give her the room to get those kicks off. Be there, break her rhythm, get inside, whether it's a takedown or whether it's pressure, whether it's with the clinch, you have to do that to her. Look, Pacheco has shown many times she has the ability to do that. She's a very good chain. She has she has it all, really. She's a very, very good fighter, an underrated fighter. And look, she was playing second fiddle for a long time to Kelly Harrison, but she beat her fair and square. She really did. She outfought her. Kelly Harrison didn't necessarily fight that badly. She just came up against another very, very good fighter, and that's exactly what Pacheco is. I think Lybrook is a very good fighter as well, but the word I would use maybe is levels. I think maybe Pacheco is just a slight level above her, and that's no disrespect to Lybrook. I have a lot of time for her. I really do think she is a good fighter. But yeah, I think she'll win there. I think she'll win there. Uh, another fight in the middle of this then, um, Bago Ali Walsh, the uh, grandson, I believe, of uh, Muhammad Ali, is having another showcase fight here against uh, Travel Miller. So I'm sure people will be uh, happy to, to come in and, and see that for a bit of fun in the middle. Uh, then we have Aspen Ladd against Carlina uh, Sobek, uh, both on zero points after losing their first fights of the um uh, of the season, the the betting lines for that look, 
maybe not as close as I thought. Minus two two five for Lad and plus one three six for Sobek. Uh, just to mention as well, uh, Ali Walsh is uh, minus. Uh, 549 his opponent's plus uh, 350 as well so he's obviously a big favorite there um look this this lad sobek fight i'll i'll be honest with you it's not the fight i'm most looking forward to on the card um you know aspen lad is is one of those fighters who had a had a good reputation you know people thought she might go to the next level but you know, she'd unfortunate loss, I suppose, against Durandamy. I think she was outfought by Dumont and Pennington. Um, and Aline Olenek beat her last time. Oh, no. <sighs> Aline Olenek, uh, uh, sorry, not Olenek, Aline Olenek. Aline Kleshnik. Um, if you've w- listened to my previews in the last few years, you know Kleshnik is, is a relatively good fighter. But she's, she shouldn't. If you're at that level, you, with all due respect, you should not be losing to Elena Kaleshnik. Uh, Sobek, on the other hand, then, you know, she's only five fights in. As I said, I watched, it was her fight, actually, I watched with Zindrova. She beat her, uh, and she beat her how she beats everyone, and that's with the scarfold. She is known for it. She takes them down, pushes them against the cage, and does it. She wasn't able to do it to Evelyn Martin's last time out. She lost the unanimous decision there. Uh... Does she have the best striking in the world? Probably not, but she's strong. She's I don't actually I don't see her her age here on uh, on, on uh, Sherlock, but uh, I think she's young uh, and she can kind of once she gets on top, she is very good, very 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 good. If you're Aspen lad here and you're her coach, you're probably telling her stay away from that position. If you want to strike with her, strike with her. If you want to take her down and stay on top, stay on top. Do not get to the bottom. Do not get even get to... I, w- I wouldn't even go to side control with her just in case she's able to turn her or something like that. Stay very, very safe on the ground. Stay very safe on the ground. Do not let her get into that position. And you should be safe. But can you trust Lad 100% to do that? <sighs> I'm not too sure. I think in this fight, you probably can. And I probably pick Lad... Uh, but when I get to the betting show, maybe, maybe that'll be different. Although I do think this is one to kind of avoid. Hard to know what five fights in. I've watched, uh, you know, maybe at this stage, all five of those fights, but at, at least two or three of them anyway. Um, still, she's, she hasn't fought that much. Her early fought two, first two fights win three rounds. Her last fight win, win three rounds as well against Martins, which she, you know, Martins won uh, unanimously and the rest were, were quick fights. But... Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll go for lads, but not with not with great gusto. If you wanna if you wanna put it that way, um, very interesting fight. A fight that I like a lot. Hinn and Ferreira against Matthias Scheffel. Um, Ferreira on three points. Scheffel on three points. Um, you know, Ferreira has been a mainstay in in this division for uh, for a couple of years now. Um, obviously came over from uh, from LFA and he you know he's beaten the likes of Jamel Jones, Stuart Austin and stuff. Now he has had I suppose a couple of tough losses after looking so good. Uh, Los Santa Delia at the uh, was it the semi final stage of last year if I'm not mistaken, uh, and then lost to Kniev uh, at the uh, at the start of this year. But we you know we know what happened there. That loss will probably be. Uh, Overturned in good time, but maybe not. We'll, we'll, I suppose we'll see on that one. Um, but I, I think this is an interesting fight for a couple of reasons, and I think the biggest uh, reason is to see what Matthias Scheffel looks like, because 
he is a guy, and and let's just uh, quickly look at the odds before we get into all of that. Plus two hundred for Sheffield, minus two seven five for Ferreira. Right, that should be wider in favor of Ferreira because Sheffield, when he looks. Okay, some people are good fighters and they fight badly the odd time. Not to say Sheffield is a bad fighter, but I think it's more the odd time he fights well. Now, maybe that's a bit harsh, and I feel bad even saying that, but it's kind it's kind of the truth. It's kind of the truth, to be fair. Um, he lost Santa Delia last year. He got hit, and I've never seen someone get hit the way he got hit before. And he kind of just like, wait... Am I after getting hit? And then kind of fell down and got hit again. Now, that can happen. That absolutely can happen. Last entity later in the year. But then he beat Bruno Capelosa. Like, I was full sure going into that Bruno Capelosa would knock him out and around. Like, absolutely and utterly full sure. Then he went out and he knocked out um, Juan Adams. Um, and then he lost, obviously, to, to Delia again. Uh, before losing to Capelosa at the start of this year. As that's already been overturned to a no contest. This, look, I'll, I'll, I'll say to you, and I'll be very real on this one, I expect Hidden Ferreira to knock out Sheffield, right? I think if he, and Ferreira does usually do it early in fights, go forward, land your hard leg kicks, land your big head kicks, and knock him out. It's as simple as that. If you let, what Sheffield is good at, when he's good, is getting into a rhythm. He'll jab you, he'll throw his combos, he, he, when he gets to the rhythm, he'll be defensively good, he's not defensively good until he gets to the rhythm. You can't let him get to the rhythm, you have to knock him out early. But that's what I think uh, Ferreira will do. <laughs> and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll, we'll see on it, I suppose, we'll see on it. Um... Another big matchup at heavyweight, Jorgen de Castro uh, is fighting uh, Denis Golsov, um, who is obviously leading the way on six points coming in here. And I don't need lads to give you much of a breakdown of this fight. Um, Golsov is going to win uh, almost 100%, certainly. Uh, let me look at the, the odds here. I... I, I, I Minus 649, plus 400 for the Castro. I think that's too close. I really do. I really do. I think he should be minus 1,000. Minimum. Like, minimum. Maybe because it's a heavier fight and the Castro uh, can knock people out. This is going to be uh, a, an easy win, I think. I really do. I, I think Golsov is going to take him down. Um, he's just going to beat him up on the ground. And it's, you know... He's 10 submissions, 14 knockouts in his uh, 30 wins. He's going to finish him, right? And uh, we'll obviously, in the betting show, we'll, we'll get more into that, I suppose. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but almost certainly, almost certainly, there's, there's, there should be no real matchup there. One matchup, though, which I think will be good is uh, Marina Mokatina against Evelyn Martins. Uh, Mokatina is second with five points. Martins is four with three points. So number two faces number four. Number one faces number three in the standings, which is absolutely great here. Um, again, another one which I'm not a, not 100% sure of the, the winner of yet, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Um... I, you know, you look at the, um, you look at the betting for this one, it's minus 150 for Martins, plus 110 for Makathina, which kind of goes along, I, I'm glad they go along the same lines as I do on that one. Um, I I think 
what you would give to Makatina is she has a lot of experience now in her what what is it twelve fights. Um, you know she's been in there with Kel Harrison, she's been in there with Janae Harding, she's been in there with Abigail Montez and beat her last year. You know she's won her last three fights in a row, including beating uh, Higashi at the start of this year. You know won her last two fights inside the distance. Um, if if you haven't seen her, you know she'd probably be the best judoka. In uh, <laughs> in the BFL, if Kelly Harrison hadn't been around for a while, she's five wins by uh, submission, one by knockout. Um, and I think she will be gone in there trying to take down uh, Evelyn Martins, who, you know, herself has a win by submission, but she's only 20 years of age. Um, not very experienced, only made her debut in, in you know, in 2020. Had two years off in the middle of that as well, but does look like a very good fighter, you know, um, fighting on of MMA Masters. They're always very good as well. So, I honestly, maybe I'll go with Martins here. Maybe maybe I'll go with Martins. Maybe the pick here. Maybe she can stay away from Makatina, use her jab and stay around. And as well, when a fighter's dishing, you don't know what type of improvements they're going to make between fights. And, you know, when you're, let's say you're, as well, she's preparing for a judoka here. Uh, like, maybe, maybe with a fine two comb and go back to her old fights and maybe, you know, pair with someone probably call me out on that. But she's probably not faced someone specifically like that before. I know she fought Cena, Serena de Jesus uh, in her first fight, who's a very, very good fighter. If you haven't seen her as well, uh, check her out. Um, but, uh, the point is, the improvements she could have made between fights could be absolutely massive. So that's definitely one to uh, to keep an eye on as well. Um, let's run through the rest of the fights. Daniela Marquez versus Marcelo Nunes. I think that one is going to hit the ground. Um, and I think it's going to be a relatively close fight. Minus 188 for Marquez, plus 140 for Nunes. So the odds suggest that one as well. I think I'll just about go for... Uh, for Marquez uh, in that one. Um, he won his first fight. <clears throat> um, Nunes lost his first fight. Like, if he wins that, he, he's he's going to be true. So it's a big fight for him. You know, and as I said, the, the three million on the line. So a massive fight for him there. Um, Julia Budd against uh, Martina Jindrova. Then. This, again, is a very, very big fight. Budd on, on zero points. She's not had a great time of it. She, she came over... Um, Jindrov as well also on uh, on zero points uh, the betting for this looks like this Bod is the favourite minus 163 Jindrov a plus 120 um, I feel like I picked Julia Bud too much <laughs> I, I really do um, I gave her as my flyer to beat Pacheco and she almost did that was a close fight but now she's lost three in a row but it is to you know the, the lad fight was was close as well split decision, um, the Fabian fight in PFL uh, to, to to make her PFL debut before she got into the seasons, or no sorry he was in the season but she got injured after it, I'm pretty sure uh, if memory serves me correct, sorry the Caitlin Young fight was the the pre fight she won that but uh, it, that was a close fight as well. Every fight seems to be a close fight. I will pick her. I will pick her here. If this was a couple of years ago, I think the line would have been a lot bigger. Um, but the problem for Julia Bud is she's she's 40 years of age in a couple of weeks. Um, and time waits for no one. And honestly, I kind of think that's what's happening here. Will Jindrova be good enough to take advantage of that? Maybe. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Bud uh, for my pick in that one. Um... We have 
I suppose the, the last women's featherweight fight in the aforementioned Joko Higashi um, and Alina Kaleshnik. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go for Kaleshnik uh, in uh, in that one. Um, she's a big favorite, minus five four nine, plus three fifty. I just think size, strength, wrestling will be too much for um, uh, for Higashi in that one, and I think it's you know pretty uh, easy pick on that one. The Jordan Hederman, uh, Patrick Brady fight plus two forty for Brady, minus uh, three fifty for Jordan uh, uh, Hederman. I'll be honest, I haven't seen too much of Jordan. He's six and zero. Um, had a few fights in in LFA, knocked uh, or submitted a few lads. He's three submissions on his record and, and one knockout. Um, he looks a big unit, uh, you know. And I, I saw a couple of his highlights, and you know, I think he might be a tough one for Patrick Brady. Like Patrick Brady is a fighter I talked about from my last preview. You didn't get a chance yet uh, to to see him. Um, to see him compete, or did we? Hold on, let me let me let me check. Maybe I'm gone mad. Um, we didn't. Yeah. Um, and he's a guy who's 39 years of age with five fights, and I think that tells you maybe this story. He just looks a bit wet behind the ears, and it'll be hard for him to get any experience. You know, Hederman's 31 then at the other side of it, and you think that'll see him through. And I, I think he'll probably uh, end up uh, winning uh, winning that one. So. Um, there's uh, the, uh, Denzel Freeman as well. Uh, that's not a tournament fight, but he's fighting Isaiah Pinson, uh, minus 250 for Freeman, um, plus uh, 175 for Isaiah Pinson. Uh, and we'll, uh, I suppose we'll see who wins that one. I'll, I'll go for the uh, the foreign or uh, Freeman in that one. Um, so, yeah, that's the preview. Um, and... I think, like I think it'll be, I think it'll be a pretty good card to be honest. Will I run through my picks once more? Because people always give out to me for for having my picks in the middle. I'm gonna go for Delia. I'm gonna go for Pacheco. I'm going for Baggy uh, Baggio Walsh, uh, Baggio Ali Walsh. I should probably show in there. I'm gonna go for Aspen lad. Definitely go for Ferreira and Galsov. Um, I pick Martins to beat Makatina. Um. Will I change my? I don't. I go. I go for Marquez against Nunes. I'm gonna go for Bud Kaleshnik, uh, Heiderman, and Freeman. So yeah, those are my picks for PFL. Let me know your picks. Comment section below. Let me know your pick and let me know your best bet for the week. And uh, yeah, it's uh, another good night of, of PFL fights this Friday night, the uh, the sixteenth uh, of June. Available on ESPN Plus. Over in the States, the zone here in Ireland. And uh, check your local listings everywhere else, I suppose, to, to, to find it. And PFL, uh, their website is very good as well for the standings and all of that stuff. So I will leave it there. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. I appreciate the support, uh, support all year for these previews. We'll have another one next year. Uh, next, next year, next week. We'll also have the PFL Europe previews coming up. That's in three weeks time I think it's coming up anyway pretty soon uh, and then we'll be back for the obviously the playoffs and the finale as well so a lot of good stuff going on with PFL uh, and Sherdog here so I appreciate everyone tuning in for it and uh, please stay tuned for more right I'll leave it there everyone thank you very much my name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com we'll see you all next time